we'd like to welcome you back to our third and final part of our current event and weekly Bible study for November 25th, 2012. The last part, <clears throat> we've got a few more pages to go, is entitled 501c3 Corporate Church of America Warning. A little bit of new information that I've kind of got on this subject. This subject that the vast majority of preachers don't, is a subject that the vast majority of preachers don't preach about and are completely silent on. They typically have the time to prepare for sermons, read tons of websites, books, commentaries, but say this subject is a waste of their time. <clears throat> they won't even have true religious freedom until they cut their license totally from the government, uh, IRS world system. The Bible says in Exodus 23:32, Thou shalt make no covenant with them, nor their gods. Comment, my comment. This is in regards to making covenants with the heathen which would be an accurate description of our secular, godless, pro-homosexual, pro-abortion government. In other words, thou shalt make no covenant with them or their gods. In other words, the church yoking up with the government and the IRS. There's no Bible for it. None. No Bible. No time in, you know, you can go in the Bible where the government yoked up with the church and in you know, it just does, it, it, if it did happen, it was ungodly, and I don't even believe there's, there's really any, uh, instances of that even in, in the Bible. I'm sure there's probably some you could maybe infer, but, uh, as far as overt examples, I'm not aware of them. Second Corinthians six fourteen and 15 says, be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Well, that's exactly what you're doing when you yoke up with the government in a church setting. Okay, uh, For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness, and what concord, and that means an agreement, concord would be like, essentially, you taking on this 501c3 corporate church, car, uh, corporate church status uh, with the IRS and the government. It's a concord, it's an agreement. What concord hath Christ with Belial, meaning the devil? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? So do churches need to incorporate? The answer is no. What does the Bible say? For where no law is, there is no transgression. Romans 4.15 For where, there, for where no law is, there is no transgression. What does the Constitution say? The First Amendment, under the Freedoms, Petitions, and Assembly part, says, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or the press or of the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. Is the First Amendment biblical? In this particular regard, yes. I mean, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion. But this is what they do when somebody brings on the 501c3 corporate status to their church. They're, but see, the difference is, it's the church going to the government and the IRS saying, we want this. We want to yoke up with you. Whereas the First Amendment says Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion. So, 
Satan's carrot here is something that the church is, is consciously going toward to procure, to adopt, to yoke up with, when they don't have to. Remember, God does not give us liberty to do evil. The churches say they are staying in for reasons such as legal, practical, logical. But the biblical reasons trump those, and because there is no law commanding churches to ever do so, well, it wouldn't even matter if there was a law, it would be unjust. So it wouldn't apply. One main reason they stay in is, and this is my, I, I made a lot of comments in this particular document I got, one of the main reasons they stay in is so their parishioners can write off their giving on their income taxes. But the Bible says, Jesus Christ, Matthew 6, 3, and 4, But when thou doest alms, your giving, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret, and thy father which seeth thee in secret himself shall reward thee openly. Now, I understand that there's some times when that may not even be possible, but I'm talking about, and the Bible is in reference to, when people do it to be seen, and that's their heart motivation, and or they're doing it so they can literally write it off on their taxes. Obviously, there's no Bible for that. Um, under the banner of doing it to be seen, and I saw this a lot from my experience in the 501c3, and even non-501c3 churches, because I've been in both, um, were people that got special privileges, special treatment, special offices, because of their giving being treated preferentially because of their financial giving. Another reason is many of the 501c3 churches receive monetary subsidies from the U.S. government. Be It's like, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're actually receiving literally money from the U.S. government because they're in this particular corporate status. And it is a corporation. And if you don't deem it so, if the IRS ever were to deal with you on a legal basis, they appoint the pastor as the CEO of the corporation and the board of the directors are the deacons. I mean that literally. Now, there's a very good book on this, The Trail of Blood Revisited, by Dr. Greg Dixon. And I give you the link to the website. It's unregisteredbaptistfellowship.com. He's got an organization with Barbara Kite and I believe one other person that helps churches get out of this 501c3 bondage. And the book is a very good starting point to understand the bondage that you're in. I've also done many teachings, and I'm posting them all below, and I'm going to read you the table of contents for every teaching that I've done on the subject. Now, these are dedicated teachings I did on the subject. Whereas I've mentioned the subject probably weekly, almost every teaching I've ever done in some way, shape, or form. So, again, another reason is many of the 501c3 churches receive monetary subsidies from the U.S. government. Um, these are reasons they stay in. Well, First Timothy 6.10 says, For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierce themselves through with many sorrows. If a church is coveting after this money or subsidy they're getting from the government, you've erred from the faith. Another reason 
is they fear of being ostracized by other churches or repercussions from the government if they do not fall in line with the 99 plus percent of churches that are 501c3 corporations. Understand that all of these, they're, they're almost every religion in the United States can have the same status use. The, the Church of Satan, pagans and Wiccans, they have the same 501c3 statuses as regular churches. So kind of understand where you're grouping yourself. So again, fear of being ostracized by other churches or repercussions from the government if they do not fall in line with all the other ones. Proverbs 29.25 says, The fear of man bringeth a snare. A snare like a trap. But whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. I believe coming out of a 501c3 corporate church status is you would have to put your trust in the Lord. Because another thing, and I forgot to mention it on here, another thing is, and the, one of the biggest things is not only the fear of being ostracized or repercussions from the government, but also fear of losing your congregation. You, you do this, and, and if you don't sell people, and most of the people you're not going to sell, I think this is the biggest reason they, people don't do it. They're writing it off on their taxes, now they can't do that anymore. They're, uh, the other people, let's say in your congregation, are fear of being labeled. Fear of, oh wow, now we're with the kooks, we're going to be ostracized, we're going to be labeled, all these other things. They're, they're fearing of losing their congregation. That doesn't, I'm sorry, but that's not even a, a, that's not a biblical justification. Not at all. I mean, I just see this as very black and white. Joshua 24.15 says, And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now, my teachings I've done on this, first one is, the feds train the 501c3 clergy to quell dissent during martial law. Three-part teaching. During the reign of Adolf Hitler, three prominent Protestant theologians were dramatically successful in convincing German Protestants to cooperate with Hitler and his genocide of the 18 million, quote, devalued people. The Illuminati here in America is using the same tactic and will most assuredly get the same cooperative responses from the 501c3 corporate church, who were given their very right to exist via the government slash IRS. They were the creators. Not God. The government and the IRS were the creators of the 501c3 corporate church. If they create you, they control you. Whether you want to accept that or not. Whether you want to delude yourself into thinking, well, no, they don't control me. I can preach on whatever I want to preach on. You realize that all the 501c3 corporate churches are eventually going to have to get on board with the Antichrist system, with the, with the coming global church, the coming mega 501c3 church under Antichrist. They're all going to be assimilated into that system. The door knocks are all going to come eventually on those church doors saying, you either capitulate and comply, or there will be repercussions. It's going to happen. Knowing that, one point alone should be enough motivation for somebody to get out 
You're on this flaming plane that's going to crash into the ground and explode. And it's like, well, when do I get off? Do I do it when I first find out the the plane's on fire and we know it's going to crash? Or do I wait to the last possible split second? (laughs) Which is essentially the justification I would hear regarding this particular issue. I got a big email the other day from a listener saying that, you know, it's no big deal. And his pastor's really checked all this out and assured him it's no big deal. Oh, really? Really? You think that the, the apostles or Jesus Christ would have advocated yoking up with the government in a 501c3 status and you have to abide by their guidelines and actually literally what you can preach on? Just because you don't do it doesn't mean you shouldn't be doing it. You signed the dotted line, pastor. Or you adopted that church and some other pastor signed, signed on the dotted line. You should be abiding by IRS guidelines. You, you got in bed with them in one way, shape, or form. Hey, most of the pastors nowadays are all state licensed as well. What do you mean? Well, they are. They're state licensed. They're licensed to be a pastor. Where is that in the Bible? Where should you should go out and get licenses to preach? I don't have any of that stuff. I never have and I never will. I would die before I would get a license to preach. Or a 501c3. I, I, I wouldn't do it. They'd have to kill me. It's just as simple as that. I would not do it. I would shut down this ministry, whatever, before I would do that. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to... It's black and white to me. I'm, I won't do it. Well, you're stubborn. Well, I'm just trying to be biblical. I've been there in that system for a long time. And one of the best things I ever did is come out of it. You know, and he was saying to the effect of, yeah, but how are people going to get discipled? How are they going to get mentored if you don't send them there? And it's like, okay, so, and, and forsake not the fellowship of the, you know, assembly of the believers and these types of things. So where do we draw the line? I don't know. I, I don't have the, the clean cut answer on that one. For him, it had been a blessing, supposedly, being in the 501c3 system. And it's not that big of a deal. And his pastor's already sought it out. It's not that big of a deal. I'm making too much out of this. I don't think I am. I've done many teachings, all these teachings on it. The 501c3 church is going to be the main thing that the government will go to to placate their congregations to get their congregations to comply with whatever the wicked big brother government is going to tell them to do, like force vaccinations, like turn in your guns, like come in to the pickup points with you and your family, unlimited submission to the government, which is what the 501c3 church typically teaches. Because they've totally warped the meaning of Romans 13. Which is another huge point. Now, I don't have that teaching in here, but key in Romans 13, or just the word Romans in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com, and I did a whole study on that. Are we supposed to have unlimited submission to government when it totally contradicts the word of God? And rightly dividing the word of truth. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. 2 Timothy 2.15 it's what we do with Romans 13. It's very simple. It's not that hard. But it's totally warped and misinterpreted by 
the vast majority of preachers out there in order to justify them going along with whatever the government tells them to do. So, I think it is a really big deal. I think it's a gigantic deal. You have no idea what's happening in your church on a spiritual level when you yoke up with the IRS and the government. You have no idea. When the IRS and the government literally gave you your right to exist, and you have to comply with its guidelines, you have no idea what's happening in your church on a spiritual level. I wish all pastors were shown what happened to their church on a spiritual level and I mean the devils, the demons, the fallen angels, and these types of things that all of a sudden had authority over their church as a result of them yoking up with this status, this governmental status. I really wish all pastors were shown that. I mean, is the 501c3 church getting the job done? Are they, for the most part, engaged in hardcore preaching? Winning millions and millions to the Lord? Encourage them to live holy and righteous lives, and I don't see it. So, like with the person that wrote me, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm really glad that you've had a good experience, and I understand you bring up some points about this, but which one do you go to? It would depend on what church hasn't been the most leavened by this particular unity with the government and the IRS. How do we know that? A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Is it better to be united in air or divided in truth? There's a lot of questions. And the thing is, is for a lot of people, that hasn't been their reality. A lot of the people that email me, myself included, my daughter even, of her experiences she's had, they're horrific. She's been in a lot of different ones of these churches because of the friends she has, her Christian friends locally, and she'll go to their churches sometimes. And it's like, it's just a bad experience, basically every single time. The lukewarm preaching, the worldliness in the churches, the all of these things that literally, all the leaven that's come in after They've taken on this corporate status. Going all the way back to the 40s and 50s. That's not everybody's experience. They've had wonderful experiences with being mentored and being strengthened in the faith. I'm not saying it couldn't happen. I'm not saying there's not exceptions to the rule. But no matter what, if you're 501c3, there's huge problems. You're yoked up with it with, you know, a wicked, evil organizations. No, and eventually it will overcome. It will overcome that church. Or that church is going to be put in a position where they have to make a decision. Stay and keep the status quo. Or get out. And, you know, getting out and that, at that point, it, you know, particularly if you wait, would probably mean, you know, a jail sentence bare minimum. So, I don't have any great answer for where do I go? It's the most frequent question I get. I just don't. I've tried to network people together. I've tried to, you know, like even with forums, and the forums invariably get corrupted. 
in one way, shape, or form, typically with bad doctrine. So then I can't endorse them anymore. So <laughs> it's the one thing I don't have a great answer for. I just don't. I wish I did. I think there's going to be a lot of pockets of believers and the remnant out there in the end times. And I don't know, for one reason or another, that seems to be the pattern that I see happening. So going further, um, the Illuminati here in America is using the same tactic to deceive people like Hitler and will most assuredly get the same cooperative response from the 501c3 corporate churches who are given their very right to exist by the government IRS who are not versed properly in the true meaning of Romans 13 to know when they are being deceived. Most likely much of the reason genuine Christians will be turned into the government is because church leaders unquestionably submissive to the government will turn them in. That's a whole other factor. You're not one of these churches. Let's say you came out. Oh, we remember. Oh, yeah. Brother Davis. I think uh, when Homeland Security and FEMA and uh, them start to say, well, do you know of any subversives that, that won't toe the line and come into your system? Oh, yeah, I do remember. We, we got a list of some people that used to go here. And they, and they kind of, they, they, they came out. They said, well, this whole 501c3, how dare they? We know you're good government. We know we should be submissive to you. Not to God, but to you. We're going to give you their names and addresses. I'm telling you, those days are coming. That documentary that I mentioned before about that crocodile drug that they've got in Russia, they interviewed this, this devil orthodox church guy. And he said, yes, there are certain Christian factions that have moved into these parts that are not sanctioned by the Orthodox Church, who we deem as cults. And I'm thinking, here you are, you've got every idol that you could possibly have. I mean, they showed the inside of these churches. It was just one iconography, blasphemous idol, interpretation of Jesus, or some saint after another. It was like some kind of circus sideshow in there. All these garish, tacky, evil-looking paintings and idols and statues. And this devil has the audacity to say all these other churches are cults. And we're the only true, basically we're the only true church in the area. I thought, you devil. All you're doing, your whole life is devoted to taking people to hell with your false works-based devil religion. Just like the Catholics. You're just a different version of Catholicism. That's all you are. Not quite as big and powerful. The audacity. So, going further, I guarantee you that guy turned you in a heartbeat. <laughs> Most likely, much of the reason genuine Christians will be turned into the government is because the church leaders who are unquestionably submissive to the government will turn them in. If you are a genuine Christian pastor, are you prepared for officers of Homeland Security to enter your sanctuary, sit down on your front row, dressed in intimidating official clothing, and listen to your sermon and your announcements? Are you prepared to have them arrest you after the service for not adhering to local government guidelines as to what you can and cannot say? 
IRS has already laid those out in your 501c3 charter. Pastors need to remember the era in which they are living and not succumb to temporary political or religious pressure from your luminous government, but keep their minds focused on the eternal. There's an awesome verse describing this. Proverbs 25, 26. A righteous man falling down before the wicked is as a troubled fountain in a corrupt spring. And I give you the PDF to that teaching here as well. Now this is just the table of contents. You click on the thing and it'll... You can actually listen to it. Next one is 501c3 Church Being Muzzled. This teaching will be going over an excellent write-up that Dr. Greg Dixon recently authored called Caesar Calls in the Chips. A slightly modified excerpt from this article reads, Pastor Mark Hollick and Evangelist Bill Keller are both bold as lions, even though their actions may fall into the zeal without knowledge category. Both find themselves running into a battle with the IRS over the content of their sermons and the direction that they believe God is leading them to conduct their ministries. <clears throat> While these men plead for their First Amendment rights, they voluntarily left that protection when they accepted the 501c3 tax-exempt status for their churches. So, in other words, they want to say First Amendment, First Amendment, First Amendment. You know, the one I read earlier about the you know Congress should make no law establishing for exercise of speech and religion. Well, they want to they want to harp on that, but see they they voluntarily left that protection when they accepted the 501c3 tax exempt status for their church. You can't have it both ways. You went into contract with the government voluntarily and you didn't have to. So now you can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't have it both ways. Now they want to run back under that umbrella of the first amendment. But you can't have it both ways. When Caesar calls in the chips for the big 501c3 poker game that the church entered in years ago, it will be a shock to most churches as they were thinking that they could play and never have to pay. Next teaching I did is entitled Disturbing 501c3 Corporate Church Report. The Los Angeles Times has just reported that local ministers are being asked to spread the word about the upcoming digital TV switch. Remember when that happened in 2009? Now, I did a whole teaching on that entitled Digital TV, Harp, Gwen, Silent Sound, and Mind Control Technologies. You can click on it right here. I, I inserted it in there. Standing in the pulpit of Mount Moriah Baptist Church in South Los Angeles, FCC Commissioner Jonathan Edelstein asked the Baptist Ministries Conference of Los Angeles which are nearly 50 African-American preachers, to include information on the June 12 digital TV switch in their sermons. What? Yeah. It's that, it was that important to the government that the church, that they were telling these pastors, FCC commissioner, the government, you need to inform your churches about this digital switch. It's that important to us. That should tell you how wicked that technology is. And that's why I did that teaching. I don't have that. I haven't had any type of TV. I think, uh, I don't even know if I had it before that, but... Uh-uh, that's, that's bad news. Those digital converter boxes or these new TVs? I'm telling you, there's something going on uh, with mind control and it's... They're incorporating into it many, many, many different technologies that are already present in most of our homes. 
So I, I, I don't advise having that. If you, if you want to know more about that, you better click on that teaching that I did. And it's right here. It's going to be on page 12 or 13. Anyway, uh, going for, forward, Woody Ramsey, a deacon at Southern Missionary Baptist Church of Southeast Los Angeles, said the ministers were prepared to spread the word. He said, quote, it's incumbent upon each church to take care of the needs of its ministry. And this is just one more need of our people. You've got to make sure you got that TV. Got to have it. And he said, we'll do our part. We'll be good Americans, good little Nazis. We'll, we'll make sure we spread the word. Meanwhile, the Worldwide Church of God has refused to divulge how many of its pastors are now on the FEMA payroll after a member expressed concerns about religious leaders being used to condition their congregation to accept the declaration of martial law. Now this is where the rubber really meets the road. In May of 2006, a story first broke and has since been confirmed the shocking news that FEMA was training pastors and other religious representatives to become secret police enforcers who teach their congregations to obey the government in preparation for declaration of martial law. And you wonder why I tell people not to be part of a 501c3 church? It's no big deal. It's just a fluffy, lighthearted, little whimsical non-issue, essentially. It's becoming more and more of an issue every day as time goes by. And will become more and more of that. Teach their congregations to obey the government in preparation for de- declaration of martial law, property and firearm seizures, and forced relocation and forced vaccination? They've already got a built-in system, the government. They've already got a built-in system to totally lead the Christians that are in the 501c3 system wherever they want to lead them. Unlimited submission to the government because they teach on Romans 13. Just turn in your guns. Get forced vaccinated. We don't have any right to exist. The government's a force for good, always. Even though when it's obvious, it's a force for evil. Whatever the government tells you to do, even if it contradicts the word of God, just do it. That's what, that's what they're being told, essentially. A lot of these churches, maybe not all, and I do believe some will come out, but it's probably going to be like a last minute deal. This has been a gigantic issue for me. When I first realized this, uh, to me it was a deal breaker. I, I went, found one locally in my area. Unfortunately, it was... I don't know. It got corrupted as well. And, you know, but they took a hardcore stance on this particular issue, which I did respect. A KSLA news report confirmed that clergy response teams are being trained by the federal government to quell dissent and pacify citizens to obey the government in the event of a declaration of martial law. All of in the video, there's a video connected with Adam Schertz in the PDF, which I posted here. Next teaching I did on the subject. U.S. Church is now part of FEMA and Homeland Security Initiatives. 
We will then take a comp- – I talk about some current events and then we get into like kind of like we're doing today at the end. We will then take a comprehensive look at the state of America and its churches to confirm why this nation has fallen into such depravity. To this end, we will be documenting how the 501c3 churches in the United States are now part of Homeland Security according to legislation enacted on 3706 signed by President Bush um, – and secret FEMA plan to use pastors, 501c3 churches, as pacifiers to their congregations in preparation for martial law, which will be the linchpin in the U.S. for seizures of gun, property, forced inoculations, forced relocation and imprisonment, etc. We will then look at the 30 ways that the IRS tries to control preachers and churches in America via their 501c3 tax-exempt status, granted to them by the government. Um, so... I give the website for Unregistered Baptist Fellowship. Oh, and then the end of this. So we will be, at the end, we'll be reviewing a recent article entitled Christian's Duty to Know How Their Donations Are Being Used. Um, And then it says, unregisteredbaptistfellowship.com. I give 501c3 remedy and then that website. And then at the very end, the the person I got the, some of this information from, I, I use unregisteredbaptistfellowship.com. I know Dr. Dixon. I know Barbara Kate. I think they do it the best of all people dealing with this issue. I think they're the most hardcore and thorough when it comes to this matter. There's another guy named Swanson. He's got a book called Hush Money. I don't think he takes it far enough. I just don't. And the guy that originally sent me this article, that's who he's promoting. I don't think he takes it far enough. I don't think that you're, this isn't easy to do if you're already 501c3 church. It's not easy. But usually things that are of a righteous nature aren't easy. See, once Satan gets you in, he's just not going to let you out, really. Oh, sure, you can go. No problem. No, we, we, we understand. Satan's very understanding. So I wish I could say, oh, it's just a snap of the fingers. It's not. You need help to do it. I believe this other organization does it better than anybody I've seen. So, and I, I know Barbara Cate and Dr. Dixon, and I just believe that they're doing it the best way of anyone I've ever seen out there regarding a 501c3 church coming out of that, or better yet, if you were to start a church, not ever being 501c3, not even getting on their radar to begin with. Anyway, uh, then the last thing is he had some sidebar facts about the Southern Baptists, which I thought were interesting. Southern Baptist Convention has a charter with the United Nations <laughs> through the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission. All these mainline denominations, they're all going to go down the road to the one world religion. They're all going to be assimilated into it. Every one of them. All the mainline denominational systems, especially ones that are already part of the 501c3 system, they're all going to be assimilated. Here is two links to those UN charters. Two different links that you can click on to see the Southern Baptist. And it goes straight to a United Nations website to document it. And then the Southern Baptist Convention has a high percentage of its pastors who are Freemasons. Pastors and deacons. That's been well known. Well known. Freemasons? Yeah. Well, you can't bow the knee to God and to Baal. 
And the Freemasons make you take all those blood oaths. And mm, that's kind of a contradiction there. Yep. But evidently they don't see much of a problem. And there's four different documents on that subject. On the high percentage of pastors who are Freemasons in the Southern Baptist. Southern Baptist Convention follows suit with all other 501c3 Inc. registered state churches. So this is why I just call myself a born-again Bible-believing Christian. No denominational label. I don't see any Bible for denominations. I don't see any Bible for having to go to the state to get a license to preach. Remember what I said about that before? Yeah. By you get married. By the power invested in me by the state of North Carolina, I now pronounce you man and wife. How where'd you get that power from? You got it from the state when you got your state license after you went to cemetery, I mean seminary, and you got your license. Most of the time they ruin your faith. Teach you that, oh, no, no, there's other versions that are better. The King James Bible is really not the best rendering. All these other versions are better, even though they're translated from corrupt Catholic manuscripts. Um, you know, you really need to go to the state to get your license to preach because all the other preachers do it and you need to do what they do because the traditions of God have made the word of God of none effect. And you need to get yoked up with the government real good then after you get out, when you have your church, and get yoked up with your 501c3 corporate status so that you're really in Satan's arms. I don't see any Bible for any of it. Denominations, licensing by the state to preach, 501c3 corporate status, don't see any Bible. There is none. And it's obvious it's not of God. It's not. I would rather obey God than man. And if what man's telling you to do, what the government's telling you to do, contradicts the word of God, you obey God, and you, you know, you, you bear the consequences. You leave that in God's hands. He's the God of the universe. Worst case scenario, absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So that's all I have for today. I'll go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day and all you've given us. I thank you for your goodness and your mercy, Lord. I thank you that you've let us come together again and to explore different aspects of the end times, Lord, and to biblically relate those things. I pray you bless my listeners, Lord God, in the body of Christ, body, soul, and spirit, Lord, in every way, shape, and form. Pray your angels encamp around about them and go before them to prepare the way. And the blood of Jesus Christ be over them and over their families. And I pray for their unsaved family members that you would save their souls. For it's your will that not one would perish, but that all would come to repentance. I pray you forgive us for any and all sins we've committed in any way, shape, or form as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. That you cleanse us from presumptuous sins and secret faults. That they would not have dominion over us. That your name be glorified through us. And that you would use us mightily for your glory. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.